Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. Today, we have a treat for you. One of a long-time fan of Creative Impact, Nikki Bambade. And I'm so excited to have her here joining us because... Nikki, she is a force to be reckoned with, trust me. Through her platform and her work, she has supported women from various backgrounds with the sole aim of equipping mums with the tools, trips and tricks to live a fulfilled life they love. And this is really what we talk about today, is having that confidence and that energy to drive and to show up even when you don't feel like it and to understand what is driving you. Is it fear? Is it passion? Is it the drive to actually share your unique gift? Well, Today's episode is incredibly inspiring. Plus, we have a chat about EastEnders, and I think there's nothing better than that, especially for our UK listeners. As always, I appreciate so much the time that you spend and the support for Creative Impact and the Make an Impact show. I hope you love this episode, and if you want to find out more about Nikki, then make sure that you check our show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and let's hear it out from Nikki. So Nikki, I'm going to tell you and everybody else a story. So um, somebody said to me, I did a podcast with me and they told me like, you're the funniest person ever. And I was like, am I? And I was like, am I really? And then there's this inside joke and it's like, you are so funny. And I was just, I feel like I kind of have to perform. And so like, bless her, Nikki, she's seen me like a Mexican noodle trying to keep my energies <laughs> up at the end of the day. And she's like, is she okay? Oh my gosh. What I got no, myself it's into. It's a, no, it's a good thing. I love it. Thank you so much for being mm-hmm. here with us. Um, I hope you. we're gonna have the best time. Yes. And I'm excited to break the ice so that people can get to know you. Yeah. And I promise there won't be much Mexican noodle dancing going on. I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to keep it to one point. Okay, so first one. And then oh. I really like this one. I really like uh, Nikki, so bear with. First question. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Trivia category. At trivia category, you'd be really good at, and why? On the subject of EastEnders, <laughs> because 
Yes. Because I'm an EastEnders super fan. So I win. On, well, I hope I would win on that. <laughs> Still an EastEnders super fan? Yeah, I am. It's really bad. Like super fan. My got one of my goals in life is to be on EastEnders just as a fan, like in the pub or something. <laughs> By the way, can we actually explain? I'm just thinking for for anybody who is not British or who doesn't really watch EastEnders, can we give them the tea? If you were to give us a 30 second explanation of what EastEnders is, yes. or how it runs, how would we go? EastEnders is a soap opera based on the lives, the fictional lives of people in East London. It just depicts that East London life of drama, murder, gossip, scandal, everything. And it's just amazing. It's been going for about 35 years, same length of time as me. And I just love it. So <laughs> And also, I mean, I'm not a fan, but I also see that they're, which is very cliche, but they're often in pubs as well or in one pub, is it? One pub. That's and now they're, in, now they're in a pub and now they're in a gay, a gay bar as well. They've got a gay club as well. So they've got those two. They go between the pub and the gay club. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is, I just, it's so quintessentially British. It's like, okay, our first point of call is the pub. The pub. <laughs> so in case it's not even know what EastEnders is. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to want to check it out now. Yeah. Just in case. That was perfect, by the way. That was a perfect explanation. Oh, now, thanks. we're going to go down memory lane, maybe not as far as your first EastEnders episode. But <laughs> um, what was the first job you had? And what did you learn from it? My first ever job, I was 13 and I was a babysitter. So I was looking after my mum, a friend of a, my mum's friend. Um, she had a one-year-old daughter and she would drop her to me at six in the morning. So it meant I had to get up and be ready. And obviously at that age, like the last thing you want to be doing, especially on the weekend, is getting up at six. But fast forward to today, I am good normally at getting up very early. So my wake up time, on a good day is 4am so I believe I was being trained as a result of my babysitting job so yeah it really helped with that early mornings all right I'm, I'm gonna ask you the last question then I'm gonna get back to what, what happens at 4am in the morning because I no, I want to know that's early even for me and I'm an early by myself so I'm impressed oh wow I love it so the last question before we go back to that is what does making an impact mean to you and why since it's the title of the show I think is always nice to ask um yeah definitely I think making an impact is leaving an impression on people um and I always say that your character is the thing that will leave the biggest impression on people so I think it's very and if someone isn't thinking about leaving an impact I think what's the point it's a bit selfish to not have that so it's definitely leaving a great impression on someone I love that is the, I'm going to butcher the quote, I'm so sorry, world, is the old quote about it's not, you know, it's not what you say or, or what you teach is actually, you know, what people will remember is how you yes. treat them. Terrible, yeah, I love that. terrible rendition of the quote. But, it goes <laughs> but yeah, I, I love said. that. Summed it up, exactly. Yeah. Okay. First of all, thank you so much for this, but now I'm going to go back to the 4am because I want to, <laughs> I want to know what happens. I want to know. You know what? 4am, I, I said on a good day, because it's funny, I was literally saying this morning on um, Insta, um, Instagram that I miss my early morning wake-ups because I'd gotten so used to kind of, you know, summer holiday with the kids, you kind of get used to having a lie-in and stuff like that. But I know when I wake up at my early time, so between 4 and 4.30, those tend to be my most productive days. 
So for me, it's reading, it's meditation, it's exercising. Um, it's, you know, it's like I do some, I envision as well. So just sitting down quietly for like three minutes and just envisioning what I want life to look like. And then I can then put in there, okay, so what do I need to do in order for life to look like that? So it just helps me get focused. But again, it's that it sounds really cheesy, but a morning routine, I always say it's, it's life-changing. And I do it that early only because I, I remember when I first started it at that crazy time, because um, a lot of people have told me it's crazy, including my therapist. It was because, <laughs> yeah, he said it's crazy. It was only because my last born, who is now six, he would wake up at random times, obviously being a baby. And I just needed to know that I had an hour or so for myself to be able to do the things that kept me sane. So it was it was 4 a.m. or nothing. And then it stuck for a very long time. Right now, it's between 4.30 and 5.30 that I'm up. But I want to go back to the fours because it it just helps. You know what? I think we we don't appreciate the luxury of having that time for ourselves. And I, I think... Again, obviously, I want to hear your opinion on the old subject, but I'm just going even back to the past 18 months, which we use as a reference a lot, but, you know, it was yeah. quite a life-changing time for a lot of us. Yeah, it was. Um, and I think even people that maybe don't have don't have children, they, they still have to contend their attention, their space with other people that usually would not be around them, whether they were in the office or everybody else was in the office or people yeah. were in different places. And, you know, I think there is a lot to say about having that, time for yourself and making that time for yourself and again I also understand why morning works well because then you have the whole day to try and add little things that can help you getting closer to that vision that you have as you said yeah exactly so I just I love the mornings I love a quiet morning Um, it got a little bit noisy because we've recently gotten a puppy but I just it helps it makes a massive difference I'm an early I'm a morning person some people are like no I need to sleep and I'm like yeah cool maybe do it in the evening but having that time for yourself is essential would you when it comes to that for example this is this is very much us but I found that I'm really lucky that my husband is actually a bit more of a night owl so Uh it kind of works quite nicely in the way that I have the morning for myself quite naturally and I know that it can pick up some stuff when my energies go low how yeah. is the dynamic with, with, between you? Uh, to be honest, you also have the rest of the family, I guess, that can contend or help, but they also might contend for the attention. So how does it yeah. work in the family? Yeah, Sim- you know what? Similar to you, my husband is definitely not a morning person. And it's funny because you've just said that and I'm like, yeah, that does make sense. Because I used to want him to be a morning person, like get up with me. But now because of what you've just said, I've realised, no, it's enabled me to have that for me. There's nobody, because when he does come down, I'm seeing it now in my head. When he does come down sometimes and he comes early, I'm like, why are you in here? And he'll be like, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm going. So it, what you just said is is perfect. We, we get, I get to have that space for me. And then the kids, of course, they're not awake at that time. My daughter wakes up now. She has to wake up at like between 5.30 and 5.45 because we have a puppy. And she, my puppy Shiloh will wake up like, yeah, it's time. So my daughter has to come up, take her to the garden, but it just, again, it's, yeah, they, they, they know, even my youngest, Ezra, who's six, he knows, oh, are you having quiet time if he's gotten up earlier? I'm like, yeah, and he will leave. So there's kind of like a respect on my time, but it's because they're a bit older, I think. So younger, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Do you find that with, obviously, everything that happened and, and the, the past, I keep saying, I repeat myself, this past <laughs> time that we've gone through the 18 months, <laughs> have you found that communi- communications and the way that you communicate 
in the house has shifted in positive, negative, or interesting way? Um, in the house, yeah, there's definitely more communication. But again, I don't know if it's because my children are older, so they have more to say. But yeah, there's definitely, I, I feel as a family, we got a lot closer. We were drawn closer together because we were in each other's faces all the time. You know, and my, for me and my husband, I definitely believe it. we got closer. I know for a lot of people, it wasn't always the case. And I can totally understand why, because you realise things about people that perhaps you didn't know before. But yeah, communication definitely got stronger. But again, I think it's because, you know, it's it's been almost two years. So in that time, you know, my daughter went from being 12 to now 14. So there's been that maturity. My son was four and is now six. And my other one was, you know, in primary school and he's now in year eight. So there's a lot of, yeah, there was definitely a communication shift. But I just think it was the time that um, caused that to happen. Would you say as well, I'm just thinking as well about the other thing we talked about. So you have that, the precious time at 4am or 5am in the morning for yourself. But have you found that because everything was happening in one place obviously throughout the day you still were showing up even if in different ways whether it was online whether it was on social have you found that you could still find ways to create your own space throughout the day even when everything else was happening or you actually had to shift the way that you you know that you did the other things that you wanted to do aside from obviously you know supporting the family you know helping out in the house and doing everything else that you had on top of your plate yeah, there definitely was. I think because you're right, everything was online and everything was in our pocket. So it was like, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of boredom as well. So it was like, there was the temptation to just, to. it's almost like, even though you didn't see people, people were always there. And I had to have moments where I would just put the phone away or, you know, I'd finish because my work shifted online literally a couple, I think about two weeks before we went into lockdown, I shifted everything online. But yeah, again, it was about creating boundaries and um, meet for me, for myself personally, because if not, I just think it would have been overload and it would have become too much. Like I remember there was a time where I went online and again, Instagram, I love Instagram. I went on Instagram and there were lives, just everybody was online. Yeah, it was crazy. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's a lot. And then you feel you have to be a part of it, but I don't think you do, not all the time. And I love being online, but I think creating boundaries helped because... And even now I look at it and I realise that there was so much pandemonium as a result of us being glued to our phones. Because now I think when I think of COVID, I'm not like, I'm just like, oh, because I know people who have it now, but I'm like, okay, because it's not constantly in my face. So yeah, definitely taking a break from it was definitely a form of boundary setting. If not, I think I would have been a lot worse off. Actually, I want to ask you something again about boundaries because Another thing that I was thinking is also, which is really important, and obviously I know that it's a big part of what you do, there's the element of coaching, which I imagine that with the with the personal training side of it, like taking it online is completely shifted. But obviously there's also the confidence coaching side, which is a lot more about like relationship, but also energy exchange. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of wondering whether you found that you also needed to make some space, not just when it comes to like being away from being online, but some space to better serve the clients as well. As again, this is just me asking because I find that it was nice before to be able to meet some people in person and connect with them in person. But now when everything is on a screen, it's much harder to make actually space to digest and decompress, especially when you are constantly serving others 
and being there for others if that makes sense yeah yeah it makes sense yeah it is you're right it was definitely because you're whereas before you could meet them and then you go away it was straight away boom you're in my face you're here you're in my space (laughs) and it was a lot to contend with but I think I've always been one of those people who's used to being like I'm a it's weird I'm an introverted extrovert so I love being around people I love talking to people and I think I just all those years of doing that it's almost like I was prepared for this and I always know that I can go back again going back to my quiet time that's pretty much my decompressing time like I can get to because I feel like if you don't have that space, especially as someone who coaches people, as a, whether it's online, like confidence coaching or, you know, personal trainer, any form of coaching or even a doctor, especially if you're like an empath, you're taking on, like you said, the energy of that person. You're taking on those worries. You're taking on those woes. And as much as you may try and be closed off, I don't think the best coaches can be completely closed off. So I do think you need some form of outlet. And for me, that was, again, like I said, it's the journaling in the morning it's that quiet time to release any thoughts and really think about, does that help? Has that worked? And on top of that, I also was having therapy. So <laughs> if there was any sort of weight or anything that I feel I'd taken on that was too much, I had that. I had those outlets that were available to me. So I definitely feel that's one of the things that definitely helped me. I'm going to slightly shift the gear because it, it, I could talk about boundaries for a long time because I know it's <laughs> a little bit, and I'm really passionate about understanding how to protect our energies. But yeah. also, I'm thinking about the, the fellow coaches, the professionals, or the experts. They are actually potentially trying to pick up their confidence. And I'm going to be really real. Time of recording, mm-hmm. but kind of like it's, I don't think it's going to go away very quickly. But, and I want to hear your opinion. So, first, I'm going to set the scene. And is that I find that everybody is a bit tired slash is just recovering from a lot of energetic trauma and a a lot of shifts. So everybody's a bit tired. And then, as you said, people also maybe don't show up online as much because we're kind of trying to refine a bit of focus. Yeah. And so I'm putting myself into the the little shoes of of experts and professionals that are coming back online. They want to show up again. They want to be confident. But I think that, some of us might have had our confidence slightly knocked off yeah. because we want to come back and be 100%, yeah. but we're not ready for it. Our audience is not ready for it. Yeah. And we really don't know what to do next. So because yeah. confidence is such a big thing in what you do, I was wondering in the element of empowerment, what would you say would be one thing that people can think about or maybe something that you experienced when it came to picking yourself up again to get back into that good energy flow? Yeah, um, definitely. I think that's so, it's such a good question because I did have moments of that. Of course, we were at home and even when things opened up again, there was a level of, I've got to go out, I've, I've got to wear jeans and things like that. But I think one thing for me is always having a foundational why. And that is the, found, it's the foundational why that has caused me to show up, even at times when I didn't feel like it. Now, I'm not saying people should show up if they, because if you, feel you are drained and you need a break take a break and I do I take breaks but when it's showing up when it's fear that's stopping you yeah that one I always say what what okay why do you need what is it that's that is causing you to say I need to show up when you have that strong why it's almost like I love saying this to people and reminding people that ultimately there's a reason you have a gifting that you are supposed to share when you do not share that gift, it's almost a disservice to the people who are waiting on you 
to share what it is that you have in your hand. And so for me, that was always, that's one of the reasons I, I show up and I try and show up consistently. That was one of the things that took me out of my comfort zone and made me start doing lives on Instagram every week. And a year now, a year ago, like a year now, it's been a year, I'm still going with the lives and I love them because I know someone is waiting on the other side. Someone needs to hear what I have to say. Someone needs to hear the conversation I'm going to have with a lovely lady. Um, so it's about having that strong foundational why. A surface why will not do it, but the strong foundational why will help you overcome that fear that says, no, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. You're not good enough. But the strong why will get rid of the limiting beliefs and have, and have you push through. So I say, ask yourself, okay, why is it that I'm doing this? If it's a surface thing, oh, my mum said I should do it. This person said I should do it. That's not strong enough. But when it's a, I have something I'm supposed to share, that will push you out of your comfort zone. and you recognize it will be a disservice if I don't do it so I love that and I I think it's a great reminder of the power of going slightly deeper than our our surface internal chatter because we all have it and it's a conversation that we're ourselves isn't it yeah and when I this is this is going left field on the marketing field I'm a marketer first so bear bear with peeps okay um but there is a, a marketing, it's actually an exercise that you would do when you're trying to define a marketing message for a product or a brand. And it's called the ladder method. And I talked about it a few times on the podcast because I think it's quite interesting, but I shall repeat it because it's always a good one. And brands actually do use this. And when they're trying to create a campaign, they go to their target audience, in which case is your audience that you want to help. And then again, so you can do it for yourself at the same time and ask yourself why. And a lot of the time you talked about the surface, why that's, a lot of the time is the first answer that you get. Mm. So when you're struggling to get to dive deeper, what again, what the ladder method does is ask, okay, why is that? So sometimes you need just to keep going beyond the first why, and you will get to the core reason of why you do what you do, similar yeah. to the people that you're helping, you know, why they're showing up, why they need your help. The deepest reasonings are usually a bit more hidden and we need to kind of sometimes resurface them and as you say then they become strong enough for us to commit to them Um, yeah I love that and it's a very simple exercise but it's really fascinating especially I find for me is when I'm stuck I use it more which is kind of like journaling that you mentioned I use it more when I'm trying to uncover why I'm stuck or yeah here which I think is a good one as well Um, and I wanted to ask you actually about that you said you know also, why you're not showing up? You're not showing up because you're afraid. I'm going to ask you now, what should you do when you are showing up because you're afraid? How, how, do, you, how do you navigate that? That's a hard question, I know, but <laughs> I was just thinking about it. What if it's the other way around? You're showing up because you're scared uh, that if you don't show up, something happens. And if you don't show up, you're going to lose people. What should you do then? When it comes to that, because I used to think that that's another thing I've dealt with, and I know a lot of people who have dealt with that. Again, it goes back to gifting. You are, and this is what we have to remind ourselves, we are unique. Nobody has the same thing that you have to offer. And as well as that, there are the people, uh, and I'll use influencing as an example, uh, something I've heard a lot of people say recently is you are somebody's favorite influencer. And if that's the case, if you take a break because, you know, for any reason, mental health, family, whatever, because you are somebody's favorite influencer, that person is going to come back. If they don't, they weren't really your people anyway, you know, it, because if they say, oh, well, no, because they didn't come. No, 
There are people, because I'm, I'm using, I would use influence, like I said, as an example, there are people that have not been online for months. There's a particular lady, she hasn't been online for about a year. I still follow her and I check her account regularly and I'll see comments saying, hey, I think her name's Lucy. Hey, just checking in, see you're okay. Hope you, you know, and she will comment back in the store on the, on the comments, guys, I'm totally fine, just still taking my break. But, you know, where, if you have, sometimes you have to, showing up, when you're scared, I personally feel, when you're scared of, oh, if I don't show up, what will happen? You don't produce your best work. You're producing from a place of fear as opposed to the fear that stops you from, from doing what you're supposed to do. I feel that when we do it, it turns into excitement and expectancy. That fear, when you're showing up, oh, I've got to do it, I've got to do it, that that's crippling, you know? So that's why people are always saying, if you feel you need to take a break, take that break. If there's a project that you're working on and you are showing you're, you're working on it fearfully, because if this happens and take that break from there, pause, speak to whoever you can speak to, to get that time out, because things will always be there. But it's dangerous if you're continuously just pounding on pounding and I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. And it's not a scared anticipation, scared. It's a... <gasps> you know, it's, it's dangerous as well. So, And I, I think it's so important that you mentioned that, you know, understanding that when you show up with that fear, you're not producing your best work as in you're not yeah. showing up in the best way and you're not, you're not being able to give what you want to give because yeah. obviously, you know, we, we're putting a lot of strain on ourselves and I think that's really important to remember. So I love yeah. that it helps us reframing that a bit as well. Yeah, definitely. Now, as a, as a lover of journaling and as a lover of, of questions, I'm, I'm sensing as well. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, advice and, and kind of like reflection. I'm going to ask you a bit of a harder question now. Dun, dun, dun. Well, what is the best piece of advice that you have been given? Wow. Oh, my gosh, that is really hard. Do you know what? I'm going to. It's something I heard yesterday. I've heard it in various it. different ways, but it really struck me. And I'm going to butcher it, but because I said it on my stories yesterday and I butchered it and I'm going to do it again, but I hope people get it. And it was by a man called Craig Rochelle. And he said, um, the difference between where you are and where you want to be may just be the, oh, it may just be the difficulty or the discomfort you are, you are willing to endure. So it's like, I say, if I said I wanted to be a runner, and someone says, okay, run every day for 15 minutes. But then I get to the 10th day and I'm like, no, the third day. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. Then the difficult, that, that bit of discomfort, that's, is there. That's the gap between where I am and where I want to be. If I fill that gap by doing what needs to be done, running 15 minutes a day, every day for 30 days, I will reach my target and be classed as a runner. So it's just, what discomfort are you willing to endure in order to become what you say you want to become sort of thing? I, I loved it, but I did butcher it. So maybe someone should find it, <laughs> but it struck me. And I was like, oh, I'm embracing the discomfort now because yeah, I know where I want to get to. So <laughs> you said it very eloquently. That was have you, have you seen me like what about 10 minutes ago, butchering for my Angelou with like my core rendition Bless, <laughs> like oh, I don't remember. You know, I pre and that's the thing is like you read so many things and they really speak to you. And I'm like, I love this, but then you know you have to then explain it again. So 
But I love the, the, the concept of discomfort coming back. I actually asked a question on my personal Instagram this week, which was, what change can you make this week? Because I was thinking about it myself. What change can you make this week that can cause you some discomfort that can help you, you know, making a difference and getting closer to where you want to get? So what uncomfortable yeah. change? That's the word. So, yeah. And I, I think it goes back to what you just said and like the importance of understanding that discomfort is there to kind of, help us get into is the, is the leveling up is what yeah. we called in the leap you know yeah and that faith that we want to do as well which i think is really important and it does make a difference yeah definitely definitely now into our last question of the podcast the question that we ask everyone since episode one and it's the hardest question and we leave it for last because we're evil or i'm evil because i guess i ask it nikki if you could have brunch with anyone one person dead or alive who would this person be and why? Oh my gosh, one person dead or alive. This is really hard. Probably Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Okay. <laughs> Jackson. I was gonna say Seth Godin, but no, it would be Michael Jackson just because. I never got to see him live and I would actually want to know. I would just want to know what, and if, and they had to be completely honest, I would just want to know what happened with him and his work. I'd want to know his work ethic traits before, like, yeah. But yeah, it, it would be Michael Jackson. I can't do that. <laughs> no, I think, again, I, I don't want to put words because I, don't write it down to be honest, but I think somebody else also had MJ as as oh, well. Because yeah. I remember that I was really I was recanting my mum's love for him. Uh, oh. had, again, just to show our age, I guess uh, we had DVDs with like the different yeah. videos, and my mum would put them on and dance. I mean, dance um, so yeah. to speak in the living room, bless her. So you know, I have a bit of that in myself. So I'm yeah, looking for the first one, but I yeah. love it. <laughs> Thank you. That was Thank hard. You. So, so much for joining us. It was an absolute oh, pleasure. Um, thank you for sharing all the wisdom and thank you for being here as well. It's oh, so nice you. to be able to properly connect. Yeah. So, thanks. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for having me. Again, honestly, like like I said, I've, I've seen this grow. So it's an honour. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to feature on this. I am so grateful and so thankful. And I've really enjoyed this. You're just such an amazing woman. So thank you. <laughs> Don't make me blush. Don't make me, <laughs> podcast. Don't make me blush. Um, so thank you. Uh, if people want to find out more about you and they want to ask more questions and find out how you can help them and support them, where should they go? I am always on Instagram at Nikki Bangarde. Um, always. And um, my website is the same nikkibangarde.com so they can drop me a message anywhere there thank you so much for listening don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode if you loved it please take some time to give us five stars on itunes and make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on instagram at creative impact co also you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.